Live from parts unknown, you're listening to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. The only wrestling podcast on the planet, we think. Sit back, relax, prepare for positivity to run through your veins as Simon Miller gives you your weekly dose of powerful pro wrestling audio. It is Miller Time. Hello, Simon Miller, Pro Wrestling Podcast listener. As you're about to find out, I've done two intros for this show this week, uh, and I'll explain my voice in the actual one, because I forgot to promote the fact that, yes, during this episode of Simon's Pro Wrestling Podcast, you can win a copy of Fire Pro Wrestling, thanks to my friends at Deep Silver, who are helping it launch over here in the UK. Well, they helped it launch. It's already out. I realized I didn't want to get to the 30-minute mark, wherever it was, where I start talking about the competition, so I just decided to record another intro. So in about 10 seconds, you're going to get another intro welcoming you again. But yes, five copies of Fire Pro Wrestling on the PlayStation 4 to give away all the details in this episode of Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. Hello and welcome to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. My name is Simon Miller and this is a pro wrestling podcast. Now, we've got to address my voice before uh, before we go anywhere because I don't want anyone to think that I'm slowly dying. As I record this, but I had uh, I had a hosting gig over the last four days, over the weekend, I should say, and I did a lot of hosting over those four days, and it's just one of those things. Unfortunately, it will it will slowly take out your voice, hence why I sound a bit like an old man that smokes 20 a day, even though I've never smoked a cigarette in my life. <laughs> there you go. Cracked a little bit for you. I should really drink some more hot drinks, get some of that cold and flu stuff in my throat. But it doesn't mean the podcast stop. Uh, the weekend gaming went up today as well, so that was a little delayed, but again, just running around trying to balance everything out. So if you would indeed like to enjoy a gaming podcast with myself, head to search for The Weekend Gaming on iTunes or SoundCloud. Uh, hopefully to be on Spotify much as this soon, as I also dip my toe into other waters. And as always, patreon.com forward slash Simon316 if you can support any of this even if you can throw me a dollar that would rock and you can come on the podcast as well we've got some reward tiers for that too uh, something else I do want to address as I announced earlier today on my Twitter at Simon316 and uh, a lot of people <laughs> a lot of people yeah got, I, it got a lot I'm, I'm really excited about it but I didn't think it would get as uh, as much feedback as it has on social media uh, but yes, not the voice you hear here, here now, but my voice once it's recovered is going to, if you if you're Brit, this is more for a British crowd, but I'm sure they have the same in America. If you watch uh, WWE on Sky, I'm sure over the last 10 years or so, however long it's been, you're more than aware of the adverts that go WWE 2K19 sponsors WWE on Sky. Well, amazingly, the opportunity came up for me to, to give it a go. Uh, get, uh, audition wouldn't be the right word, but I'll use it for lack of a better term. And as I found out this morning, hence why I tweeted it this morning, yeah, that's going to be me from 1st of October. Thank goodness I didn't ask now with my voice like this. I'd be like, yeah, i got a problem. But from the 1st of October 2019, which is about, uh, 2018, sorry, which is about a week away, should you watch the Raw repeats on Sky 1 or the, you know, the Monday Night Raw and, and the SmackDown on, on Sky Sports Action or whatever the hell it's called these days, you will get me telling you to go out and buy WWE, WWE 2K19. Which is really cool. It's one of those things that I never. It's one of those things that you get, and you and you're like, oh man. Now that I think about it, I'm really happy that I've got this. I feel quite proud, and I'm really, I'm really sort of chuffed. But 
yeah, it wasn't even something that ever popped in my brain beforehand. So I did wanna, I did wanna throw that out there, just because a lot of people were very nice about it, said lovely things, and really, yeah, kind of gave me that wonderful feeling in my stomach. I was like, good for you, Simon. <laughs> you went out there and you did it. You're, you know, good stuff. Uh, right. The the main topic I want to talk about as we begin, I imagine it's probably going to wind a few people up, or it certainly seems to every time I bring it up. But you know, it was the it seemed to be the talk of the town sort of this week. And it does come down to what happened with Brie Bella and I can't remember her name, Liv Morgan, always sleeps my mind. And Liv Morgan, a few, uh, this, this is going raw, sorry, my, I, I recorded this on my computer, obviously, also like about nine notifications. It's like, what the hell's going on? But yeah, if you haven't seen it, uh, Liv Morgan got knocked out on raw by two kicks from Brie Bella. She was doing the yes kicks and, you know, she hit one, too high and it smashed it smashed Liv Morgan in the head and then you know through whatever reason that this is what we're going to get into she kicked her again I mean as far as I see it she didn't realize she kicked her in the head and didn't realize she knocked her out so you just keep going and then there was a bunch of hoo-ha afterwards where it was like what should we have done why was Liv Morgan allowed to continue on with the match and so on and so forth the way I see it, and this is why I want to focus on it, and we'll use this as our example, but I would copy and paste this for all of wrestling. And I know a lot of people don't agree, and I completely understand that. I'm not saying that I'm, I'm the authority on this, or I'm 100% right. I'm certainly not. But for me, because pro wrestling is quote-unquote not real, I don't like that term, but we all know what we're talking about. The best thing about it is that we can try and protect the people that do it as best as we can. And I understand that takes away from the momentum or the emotion of a match. I 100% get that, and it's true. I remember, was it Finn Balor and Samoa Joe when Samoa Joe got that horrendous cut on his head and WWE sent a doctor down to try and wipe the blood out of his face. Obviously, Samoa Joe wanted to send him away because for those reasons exactly. And a lot of fans said that took away from the match and I'm sure it did. But given what could have happened, and there obviously Joe was fine other than, you know, a cut and I'm sure a headache the next day. But given what could have happened or what can happen in those situations, I am always up for protecting the wrestlers first and worrying about everything else later, especially when it comes to knockouts. I mean, Brian Alvarez on the Wrestling Observer put this the best when I was listening to one of their shows this week. If you get knocked out in a real fight, there's that word again, but if you do in the you know, UFC or whatever, in MMA, that's the end of the fight. You know, that's when, that's when it comes to a close. Like The whole point is you've won. The other person's knocked out. They can't carry on. So if we can do that in the real world of fighting, we can absolutely do it in the fake world of fighting. And that's why... You know, that really should be part of WWE's remit. And again, the problem was, you know, we were watching the Riot Squad versus the Bellas and who the hell did the Bellas team up with? Natty Neidhart, which wasn't a massive match. I mean, they built the Super Showdown. They wanted to do this finish to make the Riot Squad strong before those teams face off in Australia. But and I get it. There could be a bigger match and then you're going to struggle with that. I mean, you could argue that Finn Balor versus Samoa was, was a bigger match. But I really do think that, you know, storylines and narratives and, and pro wrestling in that sense should really always come second to somebody's health. It's just what I think. I don't want to see any more horrendous injuries. I don't want to hear amaz amazing as it is and how much respect I have for them. And look, I'm being a hypocrite here because when I got injured wrestling, I tried to carry on too. Um, but I, so I'm, I, I'm talking from a hypocritical point of view. That's fair. You can call me out for that and you'll be 100% right. I can't argue that. But from a moralistic point of view and how I feel just sitting here talking to you guys now, in my weird voice, my Kane voice, my name is Kane, I 
yeah, I would much rather that was always the president. Or that, that, that was like kind of the order that came from up high was that, and again, look, the, the real, let's switch gears a little bit because I'm ranting. But the real thing is everyone was, you know, oh, Brie Bella, she's crap and she should retire. She's a liability. She's a botch artist. I don't really think that's, that's fair. Like, I, I, I know a couple of weeks when she was back, she caught her foot on the rope and she kind of face planted her dive. And obviously this wasn't great. But one, I'm sure no one feels worse about this than Brie Bella. So I don't think she needs the weight of the internet coming down on her. But also I don't think, I'm talking about me here, I don't think that it's my prerogative to decide whether she should and shouldn't wrestle because she may be a liability. I think that's up to the wrestlers and I think that's up to WWE management. I don't think they'd ever put anybody in the ring that was legitimately unsafe. But I certainly don't want to you know, bury uh, Brie Bella for this. Again, I imagine she feels terrible. I imagine it's something that she regrets more than anybody and nobody wants that. And again, in that situation, I don't know. I, I mean, it, it all depends on the protocol from the top. Yes, I think the match should have just been stopped. I don't think she, Liv Morgan should have been dragged over to the corner and done that suplex. I think she should have just got out of there, which she was done after the break. And that was my real point of contention with it. Because, I mean, she suffered a concussion, but it could have been worse. Like, if you do any research into CTE or brain injuries these days, and it is terrifying, and I'm pretty sure, let's say this was the main event of WrestleMania. Like, I'm sure it's not going to be. But even if we put it on that kind of stage, I'm pretty sure all of us would agree I'd much, you know, I'd much rather somebody got taken away and it turned out they were okay, even though we quote-unquote ruined the match, then, well, let's put the match first. Oh, it turns out now they've got a you know, brain issue. I mean, we see that in boxing a lot. When Chris, Chris Hubeck Jr. fought, oh, it's terrible of me. I can't remember his opponent's name. But, you know, that guy, you know, he was in a coma. And I know it's different in boxing. Of course it is. But it still has still a head injury. It's still a brain injury. Mistakes happen. And I just really would prefer it if that's the direction we went in. It would be, you know, it would make me, I don't want to say make me feel more comfortable watching it, but I'd already heard about the knockout before I sat down to Raw, and that's just the nature of social media. And even then, I wasn't prepared for how bad it was. Like, it really did look, it really did look quite brutal. So, yeah, we'll have to, we'll have to see how it plays out. It's, it certainly seems like she's fine. I, for one, I'm not going to throw any more salt or shade onto Brie Bella. Again, I don't feel like it's my, my response, responsibility is the wrong word, but I don't feel like I need to do that. I don't feel like I should do that. That feels like a, a, a mistake. And that's not the right word, a mistake. It's not something I want to do. I can't think of the right word here, but it's just not something that I want to do. So, yeah, I, that, I, I feel like we had to talk about it. That was the big talking point. I know everyone's been throwing their, their two cents in. And that's mine. Doesn't mean I'm right, doesn't mean I'm wrong. That's just where I come down, come down on the argument. Other than that, you know, Raw and SmackDown, they were fine this week. Uh, I know Raw posted its... Uh, Raw posted its lowest ever rating of the modern era. Like it was even below what they did when they were going against the uh, presidential debates uh, two years ago, three years ago, wherever it was. And that is low. And there's no two ways about it. I'm just trying to find the exact number now and struggling as always because sometimes these things just pop into my head and I'm talking. I'm like, I don't have that information in front of me because I'm not a good podcast host. And it's probably why I won't win any awards. There we go. I found it. So it did. Um, uh, where are we looking? It did 2.49 million viewers first hour, 2.28 million viewers for the uh, the second and the third hour. And that is low, especially when you take into account that it's a 19% drop year on year. And the the, the low that it did uh, when the, Cl the Clinton-Trump debate was on was 2.46. Uh, and again, I stand by what I've said before. I don't necessarily think, um, you know, I don't necessarily think that it's something the fans have to worry about. I mean, if you're watching Raw and you're enjoying it, then yeah, that's all that matters to you. But obviously you need 
a base. You need you need a solid a solid base to grow from. And if you don't have that down the line, if you know if your core audience keeps dwindling, then it doesn't matter about these latest TV contracts. It will change the game five six years down the line. Again, you don't have to worry about that now. You can just worry about the money and these incredible deals that you've signed. But eventually, that is going to become an issue. So it just surprised me. I wasn't expecting it to be uh, to be that low. And we'll see what happens. I actually thought Raw and Smack- I thought SmackDown was a much better show than Raw, but I thought Raw was entertaining as well. Like I thought well, the, the planting of the seed for you know a Dean Ambrose heel turn, which you imagine has to be the direction that they're going to go with, including you know the other side of that. There was also like a double tease that maybe uh, Drew McIntyre would go face. I like that. And given that the idea before Dean Ambrose got injured was to turn him heel, and that it was supposed to be Dean Ambrose versus Seth Rollins at. WrestleMania 34. And I'd like to see that because I think Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose had such good matches last time they feuded. The only really thing you need to do is switch those two things around. You can't turn Seth. You know, Seth's on a roll as a face at the moment. He's finally found that thing he didn't have first time around. Or even trying to get the last couple of years or so. So you don't want to do that now. And Dean Ambrose, even though he has only been back a few weeks, and I put this more on blame on WWE than anything, but they have kind of normalized him that quickly. He does just feel like the third part, part of the shield. But I think... I'm not saying that was intentional, but I think they realize that now from, uh, you know, far, far away, uh, looking at it far away. And that's why, you know, they did deliberately had that moment where Roman Reigns held up his Universal Championship and Seth Rollins held up his IC Champion. That, I mean, that annoyed me to begin with because Seth Rollins hasn't given a shit about the IC Championship for the last few weeks. And now all of a sudden it's back front and center. We've really got to change that. But anyway, in terms of what they were trying to get across here, in terms of what they were trying to highlight, absolutely, I thought I, I thought it was a good idea. And I think Dean Ambrose should do it. I don't think we need to do anything soon. I think we can run this out over a couple of months, if not longer. But eventually, yes, I think that when the Shield... Because let's face it, the Shield, to me, this reunion, it's fun. And they get a good reaction, as they did at the start of Raw. But it's not like... It's not life-changing. I don't think Raw needs them. So when Roman Reigns can spin off into his own feud against whoever that would be, because it's not, you know, Braun versus Roman is not their own feud at the moment. You've got McIntyre, Ziggler, and obviously the rest of the Shield. When you're ready to do that, I think, yeah, Seth, you know, being turned on by Dean, and maybe Dean turns on Roman as well. I guess you can do something like that and try and tie it in. Maybe you do Drew and Dean versus, you know, Reigns and, and Rollins for a while. But I definitely think that's the direction you go. I wouldn't turn Drew McIntyre face. I think he's far better as a heel, and I think he's got a better run in him as a heel. You can turn him baby face down the line. But I like that. I like the fact it went through the whole show. I like the fact that all parties kept connecting with each other. A bit stupid because they're meant to hate each other, but whatever. And I just, yeah, I thought the main event as well, which was, you know, the Authors of Pain and Braun Strowman, uh, sorry, the Authors of Pain and Baron Corbin taking on The Shield was awesome, especially because The Shield you know, we're hitting at Authors of Pain, or AOP, I should say, with big moves, and yet they were told, oh, you're allowed to no-sell these. That's how you get people over, because Baron Corbin took the falls. So we don't have to get worried about that. That keeps the, uh, the AOP's integrity intact. But also, because, you know, they're, they're being shown to be able to hang with these guys who are main eventers, or at least, you know, a huge part of the show, that finally makes the AOP feel different and special. And that's what we've needed, and... It kind of goes to show, I don't agree with this, I don't, the fact they disappeared from TV and you started to wonder why the hell were they caught up to begin with, that's bad. But it does go to show that anybody can be saved within a few weeks with the right idea. And on top of that, I think it's even more exciting that WWE seems to have embraced managers again. 
Leo Rush is there, who I think is doing a great job with Bobby Lashley. I love everything between Bobby Lashley, Leo Rush, Kevin Owens, and Elias. I think it's really, really fun. It's kind of stupid and ridiculous, and the finish to the Lashley-Elias match was dumb. But otherwise, I think it's really, really entertaining stuff. You've got Drake Maverick with the AOP. Carmella seems to have associated her with Truth, and you know, they're kind of pushing her as a manager, even though obviously they're doing that stuff in the Mixed Max Challenge. I swear there was somebody else as well, but now I can't remember. But that's not the point. You know, Before, there was a time when a manager was like, oh, it's a terrible word. You can't say manager. Whereas I heard it load and roll and smack and I like a good manager, especially for like Bobby Lashley, um, who I actually think is a better promo than people are giving credit for, but it certainly helped him. How Leo Rush is going to get over as a face, I don't know, but maybe that is an interesting dynamic because the heel face divide in WWE is crazy at the moment anyway. You look at Roman Reigns and, and Becky Lynch. So maybe you can get away with having that kind of dynamic. I mean, it's not like Leo Rush is doing anything wrong. He's just a bit annoying with his squeaky voice. So we'll have to, we'll have to wait and see with all of that, but I certainly, you know, I, I certainly like the Shield stuff. I thought that was, yeah, I thought that was really, really well done. Um, everything with, yeah, we talked about the the, the women's match. Again, it, it was what it was, even on ups and downs over on what culture. I didn't give it up and give, didn't give it down to which one person went crazy about. How can you not give it a down? And it's like, well, I just, I just didn't think that it needed it. I think when it comes to health and things like that, it probably makes more sense just to focus on that, you know, rather than doing it. I don't understand what they're doing with Finn Balor and Jinder Mahal. They had a match. I understand, again, we're pushing this mixed match challenge, so we want to we wanna get everybody involved in that sense and try and get people to go and watch it. But, yeah, I wasn't necessarily a, a massive fan of of that. And Finn Balor, to me, at the moment, just feels lost entirely. And you really have to start thinking, maybe it is because he's not the biggest guy in the world. That's all I can think of. I can't think of any other reason why he, he wouldn't be pushed. And he, when he first came up, obviously, you know, he, was, he was the champ. For a while, he hurt his shoulder. So I think maybe a combination of you know people in charge not being able to trust him in case he gets injured again, coupled with the fact that he's not the biggest dude in the world. And Jinder Mahal is just stuck in this bizarre gimmick, which, again, he just changed into with no real transition. Just one day he was doing... You know, he was doing all that shanty stuff. <laughs> it's just bizarre. I don't get that too. Uh, the tag team title match between uh, Drew and Dolphin and the Revival was awesome. I mean, the Revival didn't get an entrance, so there was no way they were winning. But there was a couple of near falls in there, which were, which were, which were great. Also, to understand what we're doing with Chad Gable. You know, I think he finally had some momentum. And I was excited to see about, again, what they were going to do. Uh, I thought they could have just kept building him, let him squash people for a while, let him go through people for a while, and then have Bobby Roode turn for one reason or another. But we're absolutely not doing that. And I, you know, <laughs> you tell you tell me why not? Because Connor of the Ascension went and just beat him. And I, I wouldn't have minded that if it wasn't for the fact that I don't believe WWE is going to do anything with Connor from the Ascension or the Ascension in general. The fact that they've all, you know, they've had all of these matches constantly, I think kind of sums up it was just someone to put them against. because they. I mean, it's good in a way because at least Chad Gable is back on TV. You know, Bobby Roode is kind of suffering. But again, if the plan is to turn him heel eventually and have him feud with, with Chad, I've got no problem with that. But I don't believe at any point we're going to make the Ascension this big deal. So why why choose them? And if you are going to do it, just let Chad Gable beat the other one. He beat Victor. Let him beat Connor. So that was all very that was all very bizarre to me. All the Triple H Steph stuff was fine. I mean, they're mostly there for Connor's cure. I don't mind them doing on WWE TV. Whatever their motives are, I, I just know heart's warming. So that's all good. And we kind of tied it into the Taker match in, at the Australian show. Talking of that as well, the new rumor is is that not only is Shawn Michaels coming back for a tag team match in Saudi Arabia, the following pay per view, which would be Trips and Shawn Michaels against Undertaker and Kane, which makes sense. That's kind of the setup we've got at the Australian show, but. 
Apparently, he's going to fight a Survivor Series against The Undertaker or potentially at the Royal Rumble. I don't know if I necessarily want to see that because, you know, when did he retire? Like 11 years ago, 10 years ago, whenever it was. Undertaker's a lot older. We know that. We've talked about that. Shawn Michaels, I imagine, can still go, but he won't be the guy we once were. And given that we already have evidence of what those two can do, I just worry if they're not able to live up to that, a lot of people are going to be disappointed by the comeback. I really, look, Shawn Michaels can do whatever he wants, something to do with me, but I really don't feel I need to see a Shawn Michaels comeback. I feel like he gave us enough and that we can draw, draw a line under it. Again, if he wants to, good for him, nothing to do with me. I'm sure he's going to make a pretty penny out of it. I'm sure a lot of people are interested. I'm sure there'll be a load of videos everywhere with people talking about it, because of course they would. But, yeah, I don't know... I don't, it, doesn't, it doesn't excite me to the point that, you know, but I, I know it's bad, and I'm not saying that I think Goldberg is a better wrestler than Shawn Michaels, but certainly when they said it was going to be Goldberg versus Brock Lesnar, I was like, okay, that's a match I've got to see. I'm going to stay off social media. I don't want it to get spoiled. I want to, I want to enjoy it. Whereas, you know, Shawn Michaels versus Take, we'll call it three, even though they obviously fought a lot more than that, but we'll take the two WrestleMania matches and, and tack it on. I just, I don't know. Maybe it's because I've already seen it. Maybe it's because I feel with Goldberg and Lesnar, they had, you know, they had something to make up for. Obviously, Goldberg's my dad, so there's that. I mean, it will create buzz, as I've said. It will create hype, and I'm sure loads of people will be excited about it. But that was my gut feeling. I was like, I don't really know who this serves, and I don't really know if it's something we actually have to see. But who knows? Who knows? I'm sure it'll make them a lot of money in Australia. I'm sure it'll make them a lot of money in Saudi Arabia. And I'm sure it'd make a lot of money and get like, a lot of people talking if it did come at the Survivor Series. Uh, it seems to me to make more sense to hold it to WrestleMania if you're going to do that. You know, that's your big show. That's when you want to have these kind of names on it. But maybe he's got another idea for WrestleMania. You know, I think a lot of people would prefer AJ Styles versus Shawn Michaels. But then you could say maybe he can't hang with AJ Styles. So it makes sense to, you know, go with someone like Take or they could do a more slow-paced match. Maybe all of this is just nonsense rumors and speculation. I don't know. I can't answer that. And at this stage, I will apologize for my voice as I can tell it's getting weaker. But I will finish the podcast as best I can. But you will have to forgive me. SmackDown was decent too. You know, all the stuff with Truth and Miz. You know, Truth stole Miz TV and then they had a match to win it back, even though they just lost it. That was Wrestling 101. Um, and yeah, yeah, it's all going to tie into this uh, Australian show where the Miz and Daniel Bryan are going to take on each other. The winner becomes the number one contender. And that's interesting. If the plan here is to have Samoa Joe win in Australia and then go into a Samoa Joe-Daniel Bryan feud, I am 100% okay with that. I think that would be excellent. That's something I wanted to see for a while, especially in the WWE ring. To me, that just makes it more special. I don't know why. It just does. And I, I, the only thing is, I don't know where that leaves AJ Styles. That's my only other thing. Like, Unless you do a three-way between all of them. Again, you know that, that's the other option. And that would, be, that would be even better. I mean, having Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles in that kind of, you know, dual babyface role, they are very similar to each other. I think it would be awesome. You have Samoa Joe as this, as this over, you know, overstood heel. But, yeah, I mean, I just, I, I can't see The Miz winning given the feud that Daniel Bryan's had with him so far. And I also think it's time to move Daniel Bryan into that world title picture. Again, it's been awesome. Anything he does since he's come back from his, you know, his retirement is 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 a plus because we were never meant to get any of it. So I never get too down on the people that he's booked with. But I wouldn't really want to see the Miz in that spot again because I wanted because of the, you know my fantasy booking I've just done. I want to see Samoa Joe win the title in Australia. That would make me happy. And then I want to see him feud with a proper baby face in AJ. Well, after he's done with AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan, I just think that ticks a lot of boxes for me. And I think that would make, uh, yeah, make me make me 
quite excited about where SmackDown's going. I do like SmackDown. I thought the end of SmackDown was great. You know, Samojo went to AJ Styles' house. He was creepy as ever. I've got to the point now where I'm convinced you can give Samojo whatever you want, and he will absolutely smash it. You know, I, I didn't really think about this the other day until I sat down. He read a bedtime story on SmackDown, and he managed to make that creepy and cool. I don't think anybody else in the roster could have done that. I really, 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 really don't. Maybe Goldberg, because he would just shout it at you and he'd make you laugh. But Samojo just has that in him, and I... I think that's been a huge plus to this feud. But that's also why I'm worried about him losing in Australia. Because if he loses again in an ODQ no counter match, you have to draw a line under it. But I also struggle to see... I mean, it is on the network, and they all talk about it on SmackDown. So maybe you can change the WWE title there. It just seems mad to me not to do it at SummerSlam, but to do it at an event like that. But I do hope it happens. And again, like Samojo, it all cut to black after he said he was going to give Annie a present... Uh, which is AJ Styles' daughter. AJ Styles, you know, sold it well. Samojo came off like a proper psychopath creep. Yeah, I, I just thought it worked. But I can't see them getting another match out of it if AJ wins or there's a screwy finish or something like that. I think then you get into Nakamura territory where there's diminishing returns. I mean, look at Nakamura now. He may be the US champion, but it doesn't seem to bother anyone. No one seems to give a shit that he's the champ, which pisses me off no end. You know, that US championship, excuse me, that US championship right now feels like it's got no weight whatsoever. And bizarrely, he had a match with Ty Dillinger here, and he lost by DQ because Randy Orton came out and beat up Ty Dillinger because he doesn't like his 10 gimmick. So I don't know what Randy Orton's direction is. I don't know what Nakamura's you know, direction is. I don't know if this is a, a renewed focus on Ty Dillinger. None of it makes any sense. I mean, it doesn't think it's bad. I'm certainly intrigued, but I just want, you know, he's a champion, Nakamura, and he should have a proper program like the Universal, the WWE champ, or the IC champ. And again, the IC champ's not as good, but it's more structured than this. So that kind of sucked. Or does stuff. I still think the Becky Lynch Charlotte stuff is really, really good. I cannot believe they're hilariously actually trying to to push uh, Becky Lynch as a, as a heel steal. Like, it's just not going to happen. Like she was overwhelmingly cheered even when she built beat Charlotte up. Beat Charlotte was doing a promo shoot before SmackDown begun, which is also WWE's new thing on SmackDown. I won't remember them all now, but I remember AJ Styles doing it. I do remember. Ms. Maurice did it when they were going for dinner in Detroit. Then AJ Styles did it talking about Samojo. And that kind of good, but also kind of weird. I'm talking right out your promo and there's no one in this arena. And now we're back doing it again. I mean, it was a little different. It, was more, it wasn't in the open arena. It was more, you know, film before SmackDown. But I do feel like that's something they brought back from nowhere, which is absolutely bizarre. But yeah, Charlotte was doing a promo shoot. And then uh, Becky Lynch ran out, beat her up, you know, put her foot on her, lifted her title up and said, I'm the champ. We also had a match between Lana and, and Becky Lynch. It was fine. But the main reason for Lana this week was to follow up with all the Aiden English and Rusev stuff. And I'm in two worlds. Like, again, I gave it an up on ups and downs. I think I, I stand by then. I, I am interested. Like, I mean, the idea is that, you know, Rusev got turned on by Aiden because he believes that Lana was to blame. But then dropped that maybe something happened in Milwaukee. Or Milwaukee, I should say. I got that wrong. And, you, I, you know, the insinuation is that they had sex. <laughs> so, you know, you've introduced that kind of uh, romantic relationship angle into things. I, I think my, my devil's advocate argument would be that means WWE doesn't think Aiden English versus Rusev is enough. But my more positive, optimistic side says, well, no, because you need to include Lana somehow. And this is a great way to do it because, I do, you know, Aiden English said that he's got a tape or some evidence next week. I want to see what he's got. Like, I think it'll be fun. And even if it's fake and he's made it up, I think there's a way to make that really entertaining. So... This may be actually be okay if they can get the most out of it and really get fans invested. And they did like it here. They were chanting Milwaukee. You know, there was a proper ooh chant as soon as, uh, yeah, as soon as, uh, the, you know, the, the, the uh, I can't remember the right word. Sorry, my brain is, is mush. When the insinuation, I can't talk. When that was, you know, that idea was made that 
um, Aiden English may have had an affair. It did get a reaction. So I do, I do want to see where it's going to go. But also, I said this as well. Someone's going to have to fill me in. Maybe I just have not been paying enough attention, and I should have been. What happened to Lana's accent? <laughs> Lana was literally just American on, on SmackDown this week, which I cannot, which, which I cannot believe. It's just crazy. It's just absolutely crazy. She still says Rusev in a Russian accent, but everything else is, yeah, everything else is just, she's American now. I know he did with COVID Kingston a few years ago where Triple H called him out for dropping his Jamaican accent. So at least we had the, I say the foresight the right word, but at least we had the, the cojones to admit that what we're doing were dumb. Here, she just dropped a voice. And my real problem with that is always the same. And I think I do a video for What Culture about this. WWE is never thinking about new fans. If you started watching wrestling about a month ago and you were by yourself and you didn't know about the online community and you just, oh, this is kind of interesting. And then all of a sudden Lana loses her accent. It's the same with Carmella, just turning face. I do think a little bit you're going to be insulted, or if not insulted, upset, because it's going to make you feel like you don't understand how to follow wrestling. Because These are small things, but I do think they tie into larger ones too. You're going to be like, well, I thought that woman was Russian, and I thought that person was a bad guy, and I feel like I've missed something, but because I don't know about wrestling enough, I don't realize it's just that WWE doesn't care about that and couldn't give two shits. And I think that could turn some people off, as it should. As it absolutely should. You don't want to feel like that. You, know, you want to feel like you do not want to go on. You feel like you're a part of the journey. So I really don't like stuff like that. I, I, it, just, it just drives me nuts. And on this week, it was really, at least for my ear, it was really uh, more obvious. I have no idea why they did that. I, I really don't. It was absolutely crazy. Uh, I had Sheamus versus Big E. Sheamus won clean. It's going to be New Day versus The Bar at the Australian show. I quite like this because it was a clean win, and we don't often see clean wins on SmackDown. And the fact that Kofi Kingston admitted that he lost it clean to Cesaro the previous week was good. Somehow the Oscar and Naomi team are winning me over, even though they're awful. They beat Sonya Deville and Mandy Rose here. Sonya Deville took the pin. I mean, the way they set up this match was dreadful. I think those, Oscar and Naomi were talking about food. And then for some reason, Sonya Deville and Mandy Rose walked over at the oddest angle ever to challenge them to a fight. It honestly was, well, it was not good. I didn't enjoy it at all. I saw that before SmackDown had started, and I was like, I don't, I'm going to hate this match. But there is something so dumb about this partnership that it kind of made me laugh. And I'm not going to pretend otherwise. Like Oscar is not being used how she should be. I'd love to hear the argument that says, you know, everything they've done since WrestleMania wasn't a mistake. I don't think it helped Charlotte, given that Charlotte soon lost that belt to Carmella. And it certainly hasn't had Oscar since she's lost. I mean, the whole point was is that we had to make Oscar lose because it's hard to book someone that has an undefeated streak because their gimmick is, well, they're undefeated. But turning her into this, I don't think was the best the best option. Again, I actually think the tag team has some legs. Given that the Iconics were on commentary, I'm now thinking that out of evolution, we're going to introduce the SmackDown Women's Tag Championships, which is fine. I don't mind that. I, I go with the argument. I do think there's too many belts on the on both shows, but I go with the remit that it's for men's got it. Why can't the women have it? And it's just, it just stands to reason in my brain. But yeah, I mean, I don't know why I like this, but I did. But that doesn't mean I don't think Oscar could be doing better because better is the wrong word, but it's in a, a position where she's a bit stronger because I think she absolutely... Uh, absolutely could do. And then, yeah, you know, the show finished with Samoa Joe going to AJ Styles' house and just <laughs> destroying, well, apparently destroying it. And again, I want to see, uh, SmackDown's really interesting. There's two cliffhangers now I'm really interested about. I want to see what Aiden English has to show for himself. And I want to see, you know, what AJ Styles, what happened to AJ Styles' house. So that was really, really well done. Uh, a, a good Raw and SmackDown, I thought. Nothing, nothing, SmackDown much better than Raw, but solid shows, even though apparently they're not striking a chord with many. Uh, no, I did want to talk about New Japan. I mean, I wanted to talk about the destruction show when Gato turned on Okada. 
Uh, but I think it got kind of got summed up best elsewhere. Kind of, my thoughts have already been put out there. And that's the fact that, you know, New Japan are so good at being patient and not overdoing things that even though this was quote unquote an authority figure turning on, you know, the number one guy in the company, it felt big in New Japan because we just don't see it that often. And also, you know, Gado and Okada have been linked. I don't know what the exact day, but three, four years, maybe even longer. So it actually meant something because they allowed it to give it time time to mean something. And I understand the American product's different from the Japanese product. I'm not being that guy. It makes perfect sense why you would you would book them differently. I don't want them to be booked the same. Because if you start booking New Japan like WWE or vice versa, I can't enjoy the other one as much as I can because right now they offer me something different. So I am looking, you know, I, I think that's really good. I think it would give Okada a new path, and obviously that would help Gado tie into some stuff too. I haven't seen the rest of the card, unfortunately. It's sat there on a computer waiting for me to watch as I run around and try and get stuff done. But apparently a decent show. I mean, a few, a few lulls on there, but, you know, I, I'm a big fan of, of what they did with Okada. I just think it gives him a new edge to, uh, to, to follow. So I'll keep an eye on that. I think it'll be interesting. Uh, other two things I wanted to touch upon quickly were Kofi Kingston is officially the longest reigning tag team champion in WWE history. That's a combined amount of reigns at 954 days. I just think it's nice. I don't know anyone that doesn't like Kofi Kingston or at least respect what he's done. How old is Kofi Kingston? That's the real thing. Have a guess now before I tell you. I haven't looked. I've let you tell you I haven't looked. I'm going to say he's 41. As have a guess. Oh my gosh, I went way old. Kofi, I'm so sorry. He's 37 years old. Because you've been around. because you've been around that long, Kofi. Your longevity has been that good. I thought you were older uh, than you were. But I just thought that was nice. You know, someone like Kofi that's always come across well. Kind of got screwed over in that feud with Randy Orton all those years ago, where I really think they could have pulled the trigger on Kofi, and they didn't do it. And I was always disappointed. I still remember that pop he got uh, in Madison Square Garden when he is it boom dropped. I think it did the boom dropper through the table on uh, on Randy Orton. Everybody loved it. So that was, you know, that was a shame. But still, he's, you know, he's found his way. He'll go down as, as a hero, absolutely. And I think, you know, the amount of love he has between himself and the fans is rare. I don't think you get that uh, with everyone. I also found it interesting in an interview with the, I think it was the Mirror. Walter said that he doesn't know where all the rumors about him going to WWE came from because he doesn't, he doesn't want to live in the US. Now that can change at a moment's notice because, of course, it can. Uh, you know, it's wrestling, and if the right offer comes along or his. Um, you know, his state of mind changes. I think WWE's a hard company to turn down. He could always go, but I, I, I just, I don't know. It's just to me, as soon as I read it, I know this is a weird, a weird tangent, but let me, uh, let me explain myself. It, it just made me think the Young Bucks have changed things so much. I don't think uh, someone like Walter or anybody on the independent scene would have been able to turn down WWE, say, 10 years ago. But because people like the Young Bucks and others as well, I'm just using them as a small example, have opened the door to show, look, we don't need WWE to uh you know be successful at this you can you can make your own way if you're lucky and still a lot of hard work has to go into it i think that's changed everything and i think it's wonderful there's a choice now because we can almost see you know the indie scene as like a wcw now they're definitely knocking on wwe's door to some extent no one can ever take wcw uh, WWE down other than wwe they're too big but they are you know the independent scene is running shows like all in new japan is grossing more money than ever there's more places to work and like, there is a changing of the guard so you know, in that sense it, you know it is exciting the fact that someone like walter can just go no i don't want to do that i like living in germany i like my schedule i like going to europe i like you know he goes to the states to do stuff like uh, pwg and all of that but he doesn't feel like he needs to you know lay his hat there and more power to the people for himself and the people that want to but i like i like this dynamic i like there being choice i like people being able to decide what they want to do because it creates a more a better bargaining place and it allows you to get you know, like i say more over should you uh 
you know, without having to, you know, go on on, on a big on the biggest screen. So we will have to, we'll see what happens with that. It'll probably end up going now, and that that, that throws all my <laughs> all my uh, ideas out the window. I think that's pretty much everything that happened this week. I may have missed something. I always uh, I always uh, mean to sort of write some notes as and when I go through um, I go through a week. Uh, I didn't this week just because I've been running around. So my voice is going. I'm not going to lie. So we'll segue across to some questions just quickly. Now, you know what? I don't want to screw this up. Let me just go check a new site just in case there's something that I've forgotten. I'll be like, oh, you idiot, Simon. You should have talked about that. Because by next week, it'll be too late. And nobody wants that. That will upset everybody. Uh, I don't think so. I'm looking now. No. The big thing, again, is the raw the raw lowest audience slump mixed with... Um, the, the Brie Bella stuff. They are apparently shooting a pilot for a Matt Hardy show on the network. I think if we have a lot of fun for that, that would be awesome. That was the other thing. Hulk Hogan apparently is going to be at Crown Jewel. Somebody with the Saudi Arabia, Arabia Sports Committee, I believe, tweeted a picture of Hulk Hogan that insinuated as much. I've made my thoughts on this very clear uh, on a What Culture video I did. I don't want to see what I don't want to see Hulk Hogan back. Again, you're allowed your own opinions. I'm not shitting on anyone's opinions. For what he said to me was just too much. And I just I've seen enough Hulk Hogan in my in my life. I don't I don't need to see him again. That's not saying I don't think he should be allowed to come back. I don't think that's my decision to make. And if someone decides that he should, great. That that that's their decision. But if someone, you know, put a gun to my head and said, Sam, do you want Hulk Hogan to come back? I'd say no. Maybe like Shawn Michaels for different reasons. I don't need to see Hulk Hogan back again. I've got no um desire to see it and i still think what he said if you actually go read the quotes is pretty tough probably made worse by the way he handled it when he did that apology a few weeks ago as well just my two cents uh i think it probably could happen at, at the saudi arabia show i think they get paid so much money i think that makes perfect sense so we'll have to we'll have to wait and see what happens with that but let me know let me know if you'd like to see hulk hogan come back come tweet me at simon 316 or then drop me an instagram message at simon 316 come follow me on there on those platforms and we can have a chat about it i'm happy to hear anybody's uh, anybody's opinion and i'll drop in here as well join the the facebook group as well search for simon as pro wrestling podcast it's not only a great way to have awesome chats with the wrestling fans but we always do the q a in there that's where you can ask your questions which is what i'm going to talk about now we're going to go through the questions. Also, just realized at this juncture, I forgot at the start of the show to let you know. So you're going to get a weird intro now. We'll see how, how many people get there. I meant, to, I meant to promote the fact that, yes, on this episode of Simon is Pro Wrestling Podcast, you can win yourself a copy of Fire Pro Wrestling for the PlayStation 4. I'll do a new intro. Don't worry about it, and you'll, you'll never know. Apart from when you get here, and you feel like you're part of a club because you listen to the whole episode, you get the juice. I have a few copies to give away on the PlayStation 4. If you want to win one, and this is why I bring it up because I was about to mention my YouTube channel, all you need to do is this. Head on over to youtube.com forward slash the Miller Report Rules. Make sure you subscribe if you haven't already subscribed. Find the video that this podcast will be in, and it is going to be called something like, you know, the Health of Wrestlers, or just find the latest podcast, the one that will go up on the 26th of September 2018 and leave a comment saying I want to win Fire Pro Wrestling it's a worldwide competition doesn't matter where you live I'm going to pick winners at random I'll, I'll reply to your comment on that YouTube video to let you know if you have one and I'll let it run for a week so make sure you keep an eye on that as well. If you don't get back to me in a couple of days, I'll give it to somebody else. Then we can have a little chat privately. You can give me your address and I'll send them out to you. I should have five copies to give away. 99% sure I've got five copies to give away. So yeah, head over to youtube.com, forward to the Middle Report Rules, subscribe, find the video with this podcast in it and uh, leave a comment below. That's it. That's all you got to do to win nice and easy. Let's do the questions. Again, Facebook Pro Wrestling Podcast. Uh, Simon is Pro Wrestling Podcast, and, and you can ask. Actually, I give one away on Facebook as well. 
I'm going to give four away on YouTube. Actually, here's what I'm going to do. I've changed my mind. I'm going to give three away on YouTube by doing that. I'm going to give one away on Twitter. All you got to do is come follow me on Twitter at Simon316. And um, yeah, you know, just tweet me. I want to win Fire Pro Wrestling. And then we'll give away one of the Facebook group for the same reason. I'll put a thread up there at some point. All you got to do is say, yes, I want to win. And I'll pick a name at random. Nice and easy. Multiple ways to win. Uh, Thomas Speller, what is your favorite NXT TakeOver event in history? Well, Thomas, that's one of those questions I probably should have researched before I read it. I didn't read the questions. I always just come to them. Uh, I always just come to them as they are. I mean, I guess it would be the NXT. I can't remember what it's called. The one in Dallas. I guess it's called Takeover Dallas, when Nakamura debuted. Mostly, I'm being biased, I was there. I got to see Nakamura's debut. That match with Sami Zayn was amazing. And the feeling and atmosphere in the crowd was kind of like what I felt at All In. It felt unique. It didn't feel like any other wrestling show I'd been to in the past. So that, you know, was really special. And it you know, absolutely, it stayed with me since then. Uh, so that would be, again, because I was there. Otherwise, I mean, there's so many good moments, you know, such as the DIY matches uh, against The Revival, Oh, I mean, like everything Finn Balor used to do, I used to love Samoa Joe was great. Just too many. Just the, all the Gargano Trump and stuff, but I'll go for NXT TakeOver Dallas. I presume it was called that. I can't remember. Robert Pate, if you could see any two wrestlers from any generation while they're in their primes wrestle, who would you want to see? I think it'd be Goldberg versus Steve Austin. You know, I know that's not, you know, there's probably better ones that I could choose, but I was thinking this the other day when I was thinking about Hogan. I, on WrestleMania 18, it really should have been Hogan versus... Um, you know, Hogan versus The Rock, and it should have been Goldberg versus Austin. I, I just think about this the other day. I think that would have been amazing. Obviously, we know the reasons why that didn't happen, but I would like to have seen that. I think there's other pairings we could have put together that would have had a bigger impact, uh, a, big, a better match. But in terms of impact, that would have spoken the most to me. So if I had my magic wand, I absolutely, I'd put Goldberg, Prime, and they, they, kind of were, they were, kind of were their prime around WrestleMania 18 as well. But that's absolutely what I, I, I would do. I think I'd have loved that match. Again, like Hogan versus Rock, while they were, did in the ring, may not have been great. Everything else would have made up for that and then some. So it would have been all good. Mark Rory Day, what's your favorite wrestling show from start to finish? Well, WrestleMania 17 always gets in there because it is so easy to watch. Um, other than that, from start to finish... I think WrestleMania 31 is good as well. I think that's a really good show. I think that's really entertaining. I think I'd have to go sit down and, and go through that as well. I mean, I'll say WrestleMania 17, just because that is a really, really fun show. But there's probably another one that I'm not thinking of that would equally be as entertaining. But yeah, it's the start to finish. Like, I love Money in the Bank 2011, but I don't necessarily like everything else on it. <laughs> uh, I do like WrestleMania 28 again, uh, 24, sorry, because I was there. Just to be that asshole again. And again, when you're there, it just all, all makes things more special. But I'll say 17, and I may update you with that um, next week. James Harvey, on the current WWE roster or NXT, who would you choose as a tag partner to win the gold as a proper tag team, not simply a Teddy Long special? Hope the recovery is going well and you don't need surgery. Simon PS, your Spider-Man Let's Play is infuriating yet entertaining. Thank you, James. That's exactly what my Let's Plays are meant to be, so I appreciate that. And again, if you do go to the YouTube channel, a new episode of that will be up soon. And soon I'll be able to blast through games really, really quickly. I'm not going to get into that now. That's not what it's about, but I will be able to. Uh, I mean, as a proper tag team... I guess you want a tag team wrestler. I guess Cesaro, right? We're both bald. We both got kind of beards. We're both European. I think you could make something out of that. And as Cesaro has proven with Tyson Kidd and now Sheamus, he's a tag team specialist within the WWE. Obviously, he can do more should he so wish. So I'd pick Cesaro. And you know the, the bar have had tremendous longevity. So if I could have the same thing, we can go after the tag team belts. We can be called like the European bald kids. European, the EBKs. 
That's probably some terrible acronym for some awful hate group. But for now, will be the, imagine that. Imagine that no one knows. Like when the, the Sue's group did that. Was it Paige's group when she came up and they had the acronym and it turned out it was some sex site or something? Always check WWE. Stephen S. Armstrong. With Vince now back into managers, would you like to see the return of a Bobby Heenan-style manager who has multiple wrestlers under their wing? Paul Heyman, maybe? And who would they have? Absolutely. I love the Heyman stable or... Uh, Mr. Fuji, when they would come out with different guys. Paul Heyman would fit in there excellently. I think Leo Rush would do that really well. Honestly, I really like Leo Rush. He's really impressed me. Um, other than that, I don't know, but there probably are a few. Coy Graves could do that role, given that he is like a modern-day Bobby Heenan in a sense. I don't think he's anywhere near as good, but he has that kind of vibe to him. So I, I absolutely think you could bring that star back. I think you need to find the right manager. That's probably something they need to invest more time in. They're lacking, I would say, at the moment. But absolutely, I would like to see that 100%. Uh, Christopher Brown. Is WWE's lack of long-term planning hurting some versatile wrestlers? For example, did Brian's return derail Owens and Zayn? Because if he hadn't come back, the Canadians might have beaten Shane and then could have had a more positive summer. No, I don't necessarily think with the Daniel Bryan example, but I do agree with you. I think the long-term planning hurts some people. Again, I think it's more just these random turns and these and the dropping of accents and small things like that. I think we need to plan long-term and figure out where we're going with people because that may actually come back to bite you in your ass. So, yes, in certain extents, I think that's true. Like Baron Corbin right now, to me, feels, feels aimless. Nakamura feels aimless. Finn Balor feels aimless. Jinder Horn aimless. But as AOP has shown us, it only ever takes a few weeks to G some people back up. So I never think it's a huge problem. But continuity and not thinking past, you know, the, the month to month from pay-per-view to pay-per-view, I do think has... I'm not going to say it's made the product worse, but I am going to say it's a stupid thing to say, but you, you get what I mean. I do think that it's made the pro program not as good. <laughs> So, yes, that they should think about that more. And especially because, again, I don't want WWE to be New Japan, but I think one of the things they do do well that we could take across is they take their time and they, and they plan for a long time. And again, maybe that wouldn't work, it would work, but maybe it wouldn't work for the WWE audience. Maybe that's what WWE thinks. I don't know. It's worked in the past, but maybe they think the world has changed to such a degree that's, uh, that's the case. But I do agree with you to a certain extent, absolutely. Uh, Ryan Marks, what wrestling faction from any era would you join? Heart Foundation means I'll be teaming up Bret Hart. Bret Hart, favorite wrestler. Stone Cold was never in a faction, but he was in WCW, but that doesn't count. Dangerous Alliance. Um, but yeah, or the NWO, but Heart, Heart Foundation first. Brian Quigley, if you could do a sponsor voiceover for any product, what would it be? I'm guessing <laughs> the fact you got a laughy face, I'm guessing that's a joke. Ties into what I said earlier, it would indeed be WWE 2K19, Brian. Which I will annoy the hell out of you soon every time you watch wrestling on Sky. Gareth Jones. What do you feel about Brie Bella's ability right now? Personally, I feel like she came back too quick, but credit to her credit to her for coming back at all after giving birth. Also, it's my name you always get wrong. You mix me up with Garth. Do I? I hope I said Gareth then, right? I don't know, but I'm saying it now. Gareth Jones. So we've made it. We're here. I think we talked about Brie Bella early on. Look, you've got every right to criticize her ability as a fan. You watch it. You know what you like and what you don't like. The stance I always take is that I'm not going to criticize wrestlers too much for their in-ring work unless it's you know something that has to be called out just because I don't think it's fair. But absolutely, I, you know, it wasn't great what happened on Raw in any, by any stretch of the imagination. Safety, again, as I, as I made clear, is a priority to me. I don't ever want to see anyone getting hurt. Joe McKinnon, hi Simon. Hope you're on the mend and keeping well. Thank you, Joe. Just wanted to hear on. I just wanted to hear your opinion on some matches you'd pitch for WrestleManias coming up. Well, look, 
If Shawn Michaels is coming back and you want to put him in The Undertaker, I don't think that's a terrible match to have WrestleMania 35. I would rather have a John Cena versus Undertaker match after what happened last year in a career versus career match. So either John Cena can walk away or you finally retire The Undertaker for good and you make a big deal out of it and you induct The Undertaker and do all of that. Uh, I don't mind having Brock Lesnar on the card. Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley to me would be a fun fight if the Universal title's not involved and would, you know, help Bobby Lashley if he's allowed to win. I assume Triple H will be on there. I don't know what you do with him. A, a, a shield triple threat, you know, Roman Reigns versus Seth Rollins versus Dean Ambrose for the Universal title, I think it would be great. A lot of people have wanted to see that for a while. Uh, Samoa, again, we're probably going to see this beforehand, but if I can book it now, yeah, Samoa Joe versus Daniel Bryan versus AJ Styles, I think would be incredible. Other than that, it's, it's difficult to try and pick out who does what. I mean, Nakamura versus... Who do you want Nakamura facing? There's probably some. I mean, Nakamura versus Finn Balor, I guess you would want, wouldn't you? I know we saw it in NXT. I think we saw it in NXT. I can't remember now. I get my breath. But I think I'd like to see that on the main roster done well and maybe even giving a New Japan vibe, which makes me, it makes me a hypocrite. Ronda Rousey versus Charlotte. Although I think actually Ronda Rousey versus Shayna Baszler would be a better match now the more I thought about that if you push Shayna Baszler the right way. Maybe, you know, Gargano and Ciampa back together again, even though you'd have to ignore everything they did next TV. They do that on the main roster anyway. Going against someone like the New Day or the Bar or someone like that where you could have a really, really good tag team match or even do the Revival again on, on Raw or SmackDown. Otherwise, I don't know. I, I need to see where the product's going to go over the next few months. I think the real problem with WWE right now is they don't have any super superstars. So even when it comes to WrestleMania, there's no real match, even when you look at both brands and, and push them together, that I desperately want to see. There's some I would like to see. I think they're really cool, but there's none that kind of jump out at you. as like, oh man, that's a WrestleMania match. Bradley Luke, I saw a fantasy booking where Roman Reigns beats The Rock at WrestleMania 35 and turns heel on him. What would your fantasy booking be for to turn Roman heel? Well, I wouldn't use The Rock because The Rock's going to go away. And I don't think that that would work as, as people intended. In terms of, you know, Ro I mean, Roman is a heel. I know it's like the WWE line, but it's true. I just think you need to double down on that. So yeah, maybe you do put him with Heyman. Maybe you do get him to tell the fans to fuck off. Maybe he does cheat to win. So... Yeah, I, 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 it's a difficult one because it depends how you see heels. You know, because a heel is a bad guy that gets booed, which is what Roman Reigns is. That's where we get into this whole, oh, there's no baby faces or heels in WWE, even though there is, and it's just a, a massive gray, blurry area. But if we're talking about massive turns, then I guess you have Roman Reigns turn on Seth Rollins or something like that. They can actually have a program. They can actually have a feud. It would get Seth Rollins cheered even more than he already is. And it would be cool to see Roman Reigns beat up The Rock, but if The Rock then goes away, I don't. I worry that it would just become for nothing. And I don't see The Rock doing it either. Christian Brown, locked to unpack here, Simon. Might want to order some takeout. Interesting. Before I ask any questions, I thought I'd start off by answering one. Very different Christian, but I like it. A little while back, you asked me why I wasn't excited about the upcoming Evolution pay-per-view. The short answer is that I don't have faith in WWE's booking of female talent. The extended version is I also wonder about the validity, excuse me, of it at all. Are they doing this to show genuine appreciation for what the women's division has become? Or is it a way to save face because the women aren't allowed to go to the Saudi Arabia show? Well, it's a fair, it's a fair point. Uh, none of us are ever going to know the answer. Evolution will tell us a lot. If evolution is booked well and it's enjoyable, I think that's all, all, all that matters. But yes, I, I understand your point. I think a lot of people have the same point. The placing of that show compared to the Saudi Arabia show is interesting. The fact they're doing an all-women's pay-per-view and going to Saudi Arabia to begin with is difficult. Certainly a conflict of interest. 
So I, I understand that. I can understand why why you you wouldn't be excited about it because you're worried. Hopefully the proof will be in the pudding. But yeah, Saudi Arabia absolutely does under, undermine that a little bit. There's no, a lot. There's no two ways about it. Uh, also some questions. How many times did you change your mind about what you wanted to do for a living before deciding, you know what, I want to run around in a onesie and beat people up? I never really changed my mind. This was the third time I tried to do it, but I didn't have the mental capacity in my 20s. Went through a lot of stuff, not going to talk about it. So now that I'm in my 30s and I feel more like I know who I am, as cheesy and as hippy-trippy as that sounds, that's when I knew I was going to be able to stick with it no matter what. But I think it's just when you watch wrestling, I think deep down we all want to give it a go. And I always say this. That's why I think we should all give it a go. And if we like it, great. And if we don't like it, great. You know, you can draw a line under it. You understand you're a fan as opposed to a wrestler. There's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. But I think I'm just like everybody else in that sense. It just goes to happen. I like it. I like throwing people around. I like getting beaten up. I like running around in a onesie because I'm weird. Uh, why won't you start your own wrestling company and make yourself a world champion? And don't give me that I'm not much of an asshole line because I saw you knock yourself out during a review of Spider-Man 4. Uh, if I had the money, I probably would. Um, I know you were probably not very close with him, but do you know what Adam Blompier has been up to since he left social media? Uh, no, no, I don't. As far as I can hear, as far as I know, he's doing very well for himself. My uh, line with everybody is I want everybody to be well, happy, happy and healthy. And I, I only have positive vibes for people. I understand what happened with him. I've never commented on it because I don't feel like it's my place. But again, as a general rule of thumb, I want everyone to be happy, healthy, and positive. That's it. Nice, cheesy asshole that I am. Would you ever consider doing vlog-type content when you're assigned for a wrestling show? Maybe. I mean, that may be quite interesting. I mean, the problem is I don't want to shoot other wrestlers when they're backstage. I feel like that's unfair. But maybe my own stuff I could do. Maybe I'd give it a go one day and edit it together. If I think I like it, I'll put it up. But uh, yeah, I wouldn't want to get any other other wrestlers in it because they don't, they don't want that nonsense and aggravation when they're when they're backstage. They're trying to plan matches and stuff, and I don't want to break the wall too much, even though we all know what the wall is. I just don't feel like it's my place. Uh, Jordan Watson, hope you are well. Thank you, Jordan. You too. Who do you think is behind the Black Attack? I like that. That's the Black Attack. Someone said Velveteen Dream the other day, which I liked a lot because I think it would add more to that character. But now I kind of hope they save it for somebody new. And who that person's going to be, I don't know. But if they could bring in someone new and someone cool, like imagine um, James Storm comes back. I'm not saying him, but I saw him tweeting that or doing something the other day where he hinted he may come back to WWE. I just think it's a great way to debut a character. Otherwise, it could be Gargano, it could be Champa. I like the Gargano thing where he did it because he wanted Champa one-on-one. That was quite good. But a Velveteen Dream movie, my top. You have to come up with a dumb story as to why. I just think it would give so much to that character. I think he'd do so well with it. The last thing we want is a Rikishi bit, right? As long as it's not a Rikishi thing, I'm fine. Uh, Bradley Milburn. I'm still very annoyed that Oscar isn't getting utilized to anywhere near her potential. Well, I think we know what WWE are going to do with her now, my friend. So we may just have to settle into this. She is one of the only reasons I got back into wrestling after I stopped watching in 2008. She had good story building. Seeing her develop was amazing. What's your thoughts on Oscar and how would you book her now? Amazingly, we kind of touched on this. I agree. I wouldn't have had a lose at WrestleMania. I would have kept the undefeated streak along for as long as possible, and I probably would have tried to have built to an Oscar versus Ronda Rousey match next year between two undefeated people. I think that would have been good. They don't see Oscar that way. They don't see her that way, and they probably never will. Uh, and it does suck because they had everything in place and they went the other direction, which is their prerogative, I guess. Nick Palmer. I noticed Nia changes her finisher from the leg drop to the Samoan drop. I assume the impact was giving her back problems. Is there anyone else you'd like to see change their finisher? No, I don't think so. I think pretty much every finisher in WWE right now is is safe enough. Uh, yeah, obviously, you know Hulk Hogan's back problems are, are well documented in terms of doing the leg drop. But no, I can't think of any. I mean, the muscle buster comes and goes. The Styles Clash is pretty much safe these days. I think only a few people take it. 
And then like, Spear is Romans is fine. Curb Stomp is fine. Dean Ambrose is a DDT. I'm just going through top guys. Uh, AJ Styles phenomenal forearm. You know, it's really, really easy. Randy Orton RKO. Everybody loves that. Rusev's match kick kick. No, not in WWE. I mean, outside of WWE, it's a different thing entirely, but we'd be here all day if we go through that. The indie scene, you know, the whole point is to, you know, is to try and, you know, kill each other. <laughs> and whether that's right or wrong, I don't know. You tell me. But no, not within WWE. I think, um, I think it's fine. Also, hilarious pictures of me that Christian Brown posted, which I'll just implore everyone to go to the Facebook group to check out. Uh, David Ayres, saw your promo on the What Culture YouTube channel and just wanted to say that it was really good. That's very nice, David. Thank you. My question is, which wrestler has the best merch? You can say your own. I definitely know the best merch. Still working on it. Joe Hendricks is good. He's very clever. He takes recognizable symbols and tweaks them so they, uh, you know, to, to match the prestige brand, which, which, which is good. I will use this as a cheap plug, actually. Yes, if you do head over to the Defiant YouTube channel, you can check out what is essentially my first ever promo, I guess. So, you know, I implore you all to do that. If, you, if you'd like to do it, that would be, it would make me very happy. Yeah, it's obviously I'm injured at the moment. I can't, I can't wrestle, but I can talk. You know, I've, I've still got a mouth. So I was like, okay, we'll, we'll go cut a promo. And yeah, a lot of people have said very nice words about it. So if you, uh, yes, if you, if you could all go watch that and, and give me some feedback, that would be great. But thank you very much. I appreciate that. I, 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 I could do better, but it was a good start, I, I would say. And, I, and I'll take that. Macaulay Armstrong, what's your favorite pizza? Throw some chicken on it and I'm a happy man. <laughs> Syed Shah, did you just, did you decide on how you would ferry the belt to the ring when you win a world title? Not yet. We still need some interest. But the thing is, everything's been done. Round the waist, over the shoulder, dragging it, hold it by your teeth, wrap it around your neck. We've got to come up with a, with a new way to do it, but I'll think of something. Stick it in my pants or something like that. Joshua Thompson, who would you most like to see get a monster push a la Roman Reigns? The kind the fans might regret eventually, but which could be worth for the right talent? Well, Rusev's always my guy. I think Rusev's got all the talent in the world. Otherwise, I think... Uh, who could be called up and given that kind of... I mean, Kenny Omega, if you put him in there, obviously. Uh, probably Gargano, I think, could do that. I think he's relatable. Uh, otherwise, mega push, mega push. Dean Ambrose too. I think Dean Ambrose at one point was really over, and if we had capitalized on that, it would have been a lot better. So yeah, I'll throw him in there as well. Also, who's the nicest wrestler you've ever met? Assuming they broke kayfabe enough for you to get an impression of the person behind the gimmick. Matt Hardy was just a treat because he was so affable and so up for anything. So that I, he always springs to mind. But mostly every wrestler I've ever met has been has been really, really nice. I have The only one I've met, that it was, Scott Steiner was difficult, and Randy Orton told me to F off. <laughs> But they you know, had a whole range of circumstances around it anyway. I've never really met a wrestler. Big Show was lovely. Um, I mean, everyone. I, 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 I'll say Matt, Matt Hardy, but you know, mo I've been very lucky in the sense that most wrestlers I've met are very, very accommodating and very, 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 very nice. Uh, ben Hersick, any advice for somebody who wants to start a wrestling podcast? Because I have no idea how to do it and I really want to. Appreciate it, man. Just do it. If you can come up with a USP or, or something different to make yours stand out, I absolutely would. I think that's, you know, that's important. I just started doing mine because I wanted to talk about wrestling and nobody would talk about it with me because I don't think I started this before I joined What Culture. That's why I was doing it. And I just carried it on because I, I just like it. Even though right now I'm talking to no one. I'm talking to my wall. But I just like talking about wrestling and I'm very lucky now that I have an audience. So if you can come up with a USP, I would do it. Otherwise, just talk or get a guest on and get a couple of mics and record it, put it up. It may blow up, it may not, but you can sort of tweak the format as you go. But yeah, get a mic, get a recording program, Maybe sign up to a mastering thing like Lander, which I enjoy because it just levels everything out. And go nuts and enjoy it. Enjoy it. That's the main thing. Max Adams. Hi, Simon. Hi, Max. Interested to see what you would pick for the following dream match scenarios. Opponent, Bret Hart. Stipulation, 
If I can't have a one-on-one -on -one match, I'd like to have a cage match or a Hell in a Cell, just because where else are you going to have a Hell in a Cell but in WWE? Your manager, Bobby Heenan, or Mr. Perfect, any paper you WrestleMania for which belt? 1998 Gold Eagle title. Or seven Gold Eagle title. Thanks, Max. James Bromfeld, do you put much stock in the ratings for the wrestling 2K19? Do you think it's a bit of an indicator how's the how to view the, has how people view the talent? More importantly, what's your take on No Champa? All your best for your recovery, sir. Thank you, as always, for the awesome content up. Thank you, James. I appreciate it, and thank you for listening. I think the ratings in WWE 2K19 are completely done by the development team. I don't think WWE has any say in that because I don't think they can be bothered. I think some of it's done for social media. Uh, I'd imagine Champa wasn't put in there for storyline reasons that will become more apparent as we go. But no, I think that's all part of a marketing plan to a certain degree. Uh, or maybe it's just a big debate that they, you know the, the developers have. But I would guess that WWE has no say. Maybe a few. I imagine people like Triple H and The Rock and The Undertaker all have to be approved. But otherwise, I imagine they just go they just go nuts. But I don't know for the record. That's me speculating. Charlotte Sandiford. Hi, Simon. Hoping your shoulder is getting there. Well, not really, but fingers crossed. Thank you, though. In your opinion, who do you think is the worst WWE World Champion of all time that WWE heavily pushed with limited crowd reaction and your reasons why? Well, I was thinking that as I read that question, the only name that popped into my head was the great Carly. Now, I understand the great Carly looked intimidating and terrifying, but I don't think I ever heard him get any kind of reaction as world champion. He didn't have that good a match with people because he was limited in what he could do. And I think he could have been used in better ways. So I say the great Carly. I know a lot of people say the Ultimate Warrior. I was like seven or five, six, whatever, when the Ultimate Warrior is running wild. So I loved him. He was he was amazing. And you know, people say Jinder Mahal. Jinder Mahal wasn't great, but he wasn't as bad as some. So yeah, I'll, I'll go. I'll go the great Carly. Afonso Coimbra. Hi Simon. Hope you're doing well, my friend. Now for the question. In your opinion, what's going to be the main event of WrestleMania 40? Sounds like six years away. Oh man, who even? I mean, Roman Reigns. <laughs> Roman Reigns, obviously. I, I wouldn't even know where to, where to begin. I mean, you just don't know what the lay of the land is going to be. Someone new may have come up and just absolutely smashed it. If we're taking the people we've got now, I'd probably say it'd be something like Roman Reigns versus... Oh, man, I can't even think of anybody. I mean, Roman Reigns versus Velveteen Dream. I think Velveteen Dream has a huge upside that Vince McMahon will love, and if they can protect him and, and book him in the right way, I think he'll become a massive star. So I'll say that. Whether he wants to watch that or not, I don't know. Tristan Dan Whitcomb, what's been your favorite Dean Ambrose moment in WWE? Love the all-in content on what culture. Keep on plugging. Thanks, Tristan Dan. I appreciate that. My favorite Dean Ambrose moment. Oof. I mean, him coming back was good. Although I don't know. I'd have to see. I have to. I have to see a list of things he's done. I don't know. I can't even think of the top of my head. I don't know. We'll come back to that in a week's time. Remind me, and we'll do it again. Chris Davy. Has a moment in wrestling, not counting retirements like Rick Flair, Daniel Bryan, ever made you cry either out of happiness or sadness? Um, well, I mean, Owen Hart did. You know, obviously that was horrendous. It really, it, I think, it affected everybody. Same with Eddie Guerrero. Uh, they're all sad. Their happiness. No, no, no. I don't. I've never really cried out of happiness in general. That's not really my chemical makeup. I'm more of a sad crier. But no, more of those emotional things like that. I don't think there's ever been a story that's made me cry. There's been ones that's kind of, you know, the, the crowd reaction has been so good, it makes me feel emotional, and I certainly feel it. But no, I don't think I've ever cried. But let me know, everyone, everyone listen to this. Have you ever cried at wrestling? Let me know, at Simon316. Michael Rigney. Hi, Simon. I hope your recovery is going well. Also, keep up the great work. My question to you is, do you think WWE will have a foreign champion lead WWE while Vince is in charge? I think Oscar and Finn Balor are two of the coolest wrestlers WWE have at the moment, but I just feel like they're never going to be given a chance to be the face of the company. What do you think? Well... 
if we're going to count Drew McIntyre as a foreign champion, and I do believe we will, I think it's almost 100% lock that he will become WWE champion. He, he's got the look that WWE loves. He's better than ever. I just think it's a matter of time. So I will say yes. Whether or not he becomes the face of the company is a different argument, but I do believe Drew McIntyre will become a, a world champion. I think you're right about Oscar and Finn Balor. I think they found their place, unfortunately, and I can't see much changing um, soon. Unless something drastic happens, but I can't see it. Charles Ballard. Summer, Summer Singh returned to turn face with Sunil against Jinder. Probably. Don't know how interested I am in that. But again, it's all about the story. But you're probably right. Alex White. What's your favorite submission finisher? The accolade. Because I'm biased. Sammy Ellis. Hi, Simon. If you could give a vehicle-style entrance to any current WWE superstar, who would you choose? I'd have Rusev come out on the tank every damn time. Lana mentioned that on SmackDown. She got the tank, apparently. Get him another one. Ross Chaplin, hello Simon, how's the collarbone? Hope it's healing nicely. Well, yes and no, I'll be able to tell you more in about a couple of weeks. Not wrestling related, but what is that face-melting solo you play at the end of every show? Every time I hear it, I want to shed my air guitar. It's just YouTube free music, <laughs> that's all it is. Uh, I'll get a link out somehow and I'll let people know, but it is just on YouTube free music, I can't pretend otherwise. By the way, been listening to past episodes of the podcast and Roman Reigns is the only wrestler to main event four straight manias. Oh, I must have asked that. Thank you for letting me know. I mean, I imagine Hogan and Cena and Triple H may have main evented four, but not consecutively. Thank you, Ross. I don't remember asking that, but I'd like to know. Hi, Simon. Hope the week is treating you well, says James Hunt. Who do you want as Alistair Black's attacker? We did that one. Which legend would you like Randy on to go after next? Good question. Oh, that's a good question. I don't know. Who is a legend anymore? Nobody. I mean, Jeff Hardy was technically a legend given his, his tenure. So on the SmackDown side, AJ Styles, I guess. That works, right? Take the belt off him, put him in a few with Randy Orton, do Samojo versus Daniel Bryan. Next. <laughs> Finally, who would you bring into WWE's main women's roster? Um, I mean, Tony Storm, I think, is signed, but I think she could come across. Shayna Baszler, absolutely. Oh, they can be an NXT or NDC. So yes, Shayna Baszler, I like a lot. Otherwise, uh, I think Viper's very good, but they don't seem to want her after the Mixed Max Challenge. I don't know why. Uh, I can't think of anybody. Kaylee Lee Ray's very good too. I need to I need to list, but they're the ones that come to the top of my head. Uh, Ashley Fullwood, how do you feel about mixed gender matches? Are they a good thing? Are they bad? We have seen quite a few of them on the indies. One I watched recently was Tennessee Blanchard versus Brian Cage, and I was blown away by the effort and sheer balls of that woman. One of the best matches I've ever seen. Hope the shoulder is doing well too and you're on the men. Thank you, Ashley. I think I've said this before. It may have been last week we talked about it. I don't think it's my decision to make. I think if, if a woman wants to fight a man and the man is happy to fight the woman and there's happiness all around, then do it. I, I mean, personally, is it something I want to see all the time? No, I guess I'm a bit of a prude in that sense, and you can, you know, tell me off for doing so. But I, I genuinely, I, I, I'm not against it if that's what everyone's do. Like you said, you saw Tessa Blanchard versus Brian Cage, and it was great. And Tessa Blanchard is, actually, Tessa Blanchard, I didn't mention her. Man, she should be on, now she should be on women's main roster. She's so good. And versus Brian Cage. So, yeah, I... I don't, I, I, if people want to do it and people want to see it, I don't see how I can say no. Wouldn't be top of my list, but that doesn't mean I'm right by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, Adam Pearson. Is Brie Bella the stiffest thing in wrestling since the Brock Lesnar-Randy Orton finish or Joey Ryan's penis? Well, there we go. How many more people does she have to injure before Stephanie steps, swaggers in, and puts an end to all this madness? Also, do you believe that when female wrestlers do mistakes, they are more subject to online vitriol than their male counterparts? I do, actually, Yes. I do. I don't remember Samoa Joe getting this kind of thing when he what happened with, with Tyson Kidd. I'm not saying it didn't happen. It did. But I didn't hear cries for, oh, get rid of him, get rid of him. So 
Um, I, I do think it's slightly unfair. I, I've made my thoughts clear on Brie Bella. I don't know. I don't think she should be. Look, if Stephanie McMahon wants to fire her because the people in charge of WWE think she's dangerous, that's their decision. But I don't think it's my place to sit here and and chirp on about that. I just don't. This is my thing. Stephen Peter King, how much to deadlift? Well, before I got injured, I was doing 280, but that seemed like a world ago now. Uh, Francesco Bozo, hope the recovery is going well. Thank you. What do you think about Kofi Kingston's newly broken record? If he deserves a single push, so maybe he can become a Grand Slam champion. And if so, would that mean he should split from the New Day? Cheers from Chile. I do think Kofi Kingston deserves a world title run. I understand saying you deserve it is dumb in wrestling because we decide who wins, but he just does. I just think so. And no, I think we can keep the New Day together forever. And when they do eventually go after singles belts, just have them as a support group for one another. I think it'd be silly to break them up. They're better. They're better as a threesome. Michael Carlson. Who would you like to see beat Kenny Omega for the IWGP title? Ross Chaplin has the same answer as me. Naito. I think that would be great. Josh Gell. Congratulations on being the voice of the sponsor for WQ on Sky. Thank you, my friend. Here's my question. How long until you're on the pre-show panel? Well, look, nobody knows what the future holds. If you had told me, you know, way back when that I was even going to be doing this, I would have been like, well, I can't see that happening. And it did. So if I ever get the chance to be on the pre-show panel, you can bet your ass I'll be on the pre-show panel. And finally... Jose Antonio Guaido, how do you deal with insomnia? That is an interesting question, my friend. Um, I guess medicine or meditation or chill out. Uh, lots of different things. Message me about that away from this and we, and we can talk about it. And that's it. That brings us to the end of the podcast. That's all the questions. Thanks as always. Again, you can go to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast and join the group over there if you would like to ask a question. Uh, thank you to everybody today with the kind words about this W2K19 things. I really, really, really didn't think, um, you know, I would get that kind of response. I was really excited about it, but yeah, I, I wasn't. I wasn't. I wasn't expecting that. So that's cool. Again, from first of October, I will annoy the crap out of you with my voice every time you watch. Uh, you watch wrestling. Uh, head on over to Defiant YouTube channel. Check out my first ever promo. Give me some feedback. Let me know what you think. And yeah, that's it. You know, go you, again. Don't forget the competition. I'm going to go record the new intro now. I'm going to keep this intro too. So you just get two intros because why the hell not? And you, uh, yeah, go uh, join the YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash report rules, Twitter, Instagram at Simon316, patreon.com forward slash Simon316 is how I'm able to do all of this. And if nothing else, thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much for taking the time to allow me to talk to you. Uh, and I will talk to you again in, or this week actually. We do two this week. We've got a Patreon podcast on Friday. And I'll talk to you again in this podcast next Wednesday. Yeah.